All right, everybody. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the 306 Fantasy Football Podcast. Recording here on the Wednesday for our Wednesday, January 25th episode, episode number 78. Uh, we're going to be diving a little bit of our reactions from the last couple weeks or the last couple games here. Sorry, in the divisional Saturday, Sunday games on this divisional weekend. Uh, then we're going to start kind of looking forward into our AFC NFC championship games this upcoming Sunday. So we're about two weeks away from our. Uh, from our eventual Super Bowl game, but uh, well, before we get started here on our 22 fresh quick question of the week and and all our other content for episode number 78, we'll say hello to the fellas here and uh, we'll start things off with Armand. Armand, uh, got a, some, some exciting news to share, I guess, a little bit you professionally and then we'll talk a little bit about uh, just what else has been keeping you busy. Yeah, you know, I uh, just found out today that I got accepted to, into the um master's uh, program at the U of S here for ed administration and uh, I'm going to be doing a thesis rather than course-based uh, program and very excited I start in May here and uh, can't wait to get her rolling and uh, do higher education and, and do a, a study the, the thesis part is what I'm really excited about because uh, I'll get to design design my own uh, research study and and apply it so awesome it's funny because Zach, Zach was just finishing up his second degree when I was just starting my second degree. And now I'm just wrapping up my second degree as Armin's starting his second degree. So by the time Armin's finishing up second degree, Zach's going to be starting his third and we're just going to keep things going. Ahead. I hate to say this, Jordan, but this is my third, actually. Oh, so. never mind. So Armin's starting, <laughs> you're starting the third right after Armin's done this one. Regardless, I'll just follow the train. I'll just do it last. Give me, give me yeah. a little break. <laughs> uh, Zach, how about yourself there? How's the last week been going for you? Uh, it's been nice and uh, nice and low key here. Um, yeah, not too much to share. Just uh, living the dream, I guess. Yeah, that's like, what else more can you ask for? Zach Strong, living the dream. <laughs> um, I guess a little bit, uh, a little bit to share here. We got our charity bracket challenge is in full swing and a bunch of teams are doing very well. Uh, at this point right now, we have one perfect bracket remaining uh, and that belongs to Joey Carrier, who is still sitting strong at the top there, a perfect 10 for 10 at this point. Um, he has the 49ers beating the Cincinnati Bengals in the, in the Super Bowl. So oh, man, for him, if he's got the perfect bracket uh, possibly lined up here, we'll see. We'll keep you guys in the loop there, but we also have, Four other teams that are per, oh, as close to perfect as you can get, sitting at nine and ten, uh, with Tim Stewart, myself, Armand, and Brady Wileyman. Uh, so we're wrapping up the top five so far, and then we have a handful of teams that are at eight. Lots of those teams, I think there's about twelve or thirteen teams that have eight points, but lots of them have the Buffalo Bills winning the Super Bowl. So obviously, their numbers are going to continually to drop. A couple at seven, and then we have several at six, and then quite a few. Uh, below six as well too so the bracket challenge is in full swing uh last year we had one of us from the podcast finish top three which is awesome so hopefully Armin and I we got the pressure on the shoulders to hopefully take top three again this year um but then we also got some exciting news to share uh I know we kind of foreshadowed and kind of hinted at it a little bit here the last uh the last little bit but we have confirmed our Super Bowl watch party is going to happen again. We've got lots of people asking about it, and we're super excited to uh, make sure this event happens again because it is kind of our pinnacle uh, event at the end of the season uh, to get everybody together and obviously watch the the you know the most popular, the biggest football game of the year, which is the Super Bowl. But also for us as a podcast, 
and supporting charity. It's our pinnacle event because it brings in the largest amount of money for us to be able to donate to our charity of the year. And, and it kind of puts that little bow on our fantasy season as well, too. So uh, we're going to have a Super Bowl watch party once again at Rock Trout Event Center here in Prince Albert. Uh, and if you were here last year, uh, it was the perfectly timed right after the COVID passports uh, had stopped. Super Bowl watch party was the next day. So it's kind of that first big event back for a lot of people. Uh, and it was an awesome event. We had, I'd say, somewhere around 70 people, somewhere between 60 and 70 people in attendance. Uh, we did really good work for charity. Awesome football game. We were treated to a great football game, an awesome halftime show. Food was good. Drinks were awesome. 50-50, raffles, door prizes, you name it. We had it all. And uh, we're going to try and bring it back bigger and better this year with more prizes um, and, you know, just kind of the whole shebang. So if you're looking for somewhere to go and watch the Super Bowl and uh, no, better, no, no way better to do it than with the uh, Thrill Six Fantasy Football podcast and supporting charity in the meantime as well, too. So uh, if you want some more information on that, there's going to be a link that's going to go out to a Facebook event. Uh, we'll share the event and uh, the posters and all that stuff on our social media. If you have questions or concerns or, you know, you want you can't quite make it to the event, but you still want to donate, uh, you can direct message us on our social medias and whatnot, and we'll be able to keep you in the loop with all the information that uh, that you're looking for. So stay tuned for some of that information. That's uh, that's coming out soon. But we're uh, super excited to confirm that that will be happening again. And that will be Sunday, February 12th. So uh, so mark that in the calendars. Jordan, uh, you uh, you broke my heart with the bracket story there because uh, Joey's bracket has the same uh, two teams in the Super Bowl as mine. So I, I can't win, but at least I could still make top three. I have the spreadsheet up here. And actually, um, I'm just remembering this. Brady Weilman has the exact same as you as well, too. The only difference was, I think you had the Vikings and he had the Giants, I think, if I remember correctly. Like, there's you guys had almost identical brackets. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there's a there's a log jam in there, but uh it's gonna be it's gonna be exciting because we got him in San Francisco and then Tim with KC. I've got the Bengals and you and Brady got San Francisco. So obviously if San Francisco wins, there's a really good chance that you one, two, three, and whatever particular order looks like most likely would be would be Joey winning first. But uh there's still lots of possibility even Mason, Danielle, Darren, Lexi kind of in that eight spot they all have different teams too Darren has the Eagles so he can easily go from eight to to number one if the Eagles make that make that jump and, and win the Lombardi trophy so lots can still happen there but unfortunately Armin, I think you know your destiny there you can still yeah. win but I don't think you win the whole enchilada so. yeah no that's <laughs> yeah, so. It's all right. It's all fall for the fun regardless. So um, keeping this thing going here, uh, Armin jumped this uh, 22 fresh quick question in there for us, which was awesome. I was a little bit behind the eight ball just this week, which is unfortunate. Just, just dealing with a little bit of a cold there. So I took a sick day today and I'm just behind the eight ball a little bit. But uh, Armin, maybe you want to uh, announce this 22 quick question of the week for us. All right. It'll be my pleasure. Um, so which quarterback remaining in the playoffs would you want a PSA 10 rated rookie card of the most? Um, you so, a little background on that, Armin. Like, what's obviously, uh, I think we shared in the pod that we're, we're quite the, the football card collectors. Obviously, you're thinking of basketball as well, too, but maybe share a little bit about what that would mean. Yeah. So, PSA graded means you send the card in uh, the company PSA, and there's other com companies that do it as well. Um, they look at the condition of the card and how well it's printed on the cardboard and they give it a grade from zero to 10 
with 10 being the highest, pretty much perfect card, perfect centering, none of the edges or corners are erect, um, no scratches on the card. Um, it's called gem mint if it's a if it's a 10. Um, and those are the most valuable um in in the card collecting world. And by getting it graded, you you get it put in a vacuum sealed uh case that um you can't get open unless you like cut it open with uh with some pretty heavy equipment um so the card is just protected for its the rest of its life as well in this case and will always be that uh perfect 10 so uh yeah it's kind of this question kind of if you want to put it in fantasy perspective it's almost which quarterback remaining in the playoffs would you want to have on your dynasty team moving forward almost yeah obviously the the better the quarterback, the more prestigious the quarterback, the better the quarterback does, the more value the, the card gets. Or in you know the Brock Purdy world right now, those cards are selling for astronomical amounts of money just because the guy's never lost a game of football yet. But uh, but yeah. right, you, you described that pretty well. Yeah. I mean, if if I was buying the card, my answer might be different right now than the answer I have. Yeah. But uh, as far as just owning the card at this moment in time and which one I think it will be the wor- worth the most, um, I went with Joe Burrow for mine. Um, I think in in the end he he's already shown that he can beat Patrick Mahomes. He's made it to the uh, the conference finals two years in a row, and a lot of us are picking him to make it to the Super Bowl again. Um, he's just got that swagger. He's got that clutch gene in him. Um, it may not always be the flashiest, but I think by the time his career is done. He should have a uh, he should have a pretty good little Hall of Fame career, and uh, you know I think the longevity of his playing style, um, he he's going to be able to play at that higher level for longer than than the other um, two high end quarterbacks, and then Brock Purdy. Um, I think Burrow should have the longest career, so the most chance for success throughout his career. Yeah, I I really wanted to put that one down. I went a little bit different, but uh, Zach, you want to share yours? Sure. I see that you and I have have the same answer. So uh, hopefully I don't steal all your points, but uh, I went with Patrick Mahomes for the simple reason that um, I'm not a big card person, certainly not as big as you two. Uh, but my understanding is cards are typically worth more for uh, the prestige of a player's career. And at quarterback, I think that's kind of measured in uh, MVPs and Super Bowls, and right now Mahomes is the only quarterback that, of those four, that has a Super Bowl ring, and he will have, I believe, two MVPs here before the end of the or before the end of the playoffs. So he is well on his way to having the most successful career of of those four. That's not to say that Burrow or. Uh, uh, Purdy or Hearns can't get there, but uh, right now I'm taking the Mahomes head start over the rest of them. Yeah, that's kind of where my mindset went, Zach, too. I think like if I was to try and buy one right now, I think I agree with Armin that I'm going to try and get the Burrow because I think Burrow has the higher ceiling of all these. I think Hertz has the biggest possible jump. Like if Hertz wins Super Bowl right now, you can get his rookie card for... It, it's kind of like... It, it put in this perspective, it's kind of like trying to invest in a dynasty player before the boom happens. If you want to go buy Mahomes right now in dynasty, it's going to cost you. 
But if you wanted to buy Hertz last year in the off season, it wasn't going to cost you that much. And then it had a significant jump. Like if it's an investment, like maybe Brock Purdy's the answer here or Jalen Hurts is the answer. <laughs> uh, but if it's like, which has the most value, you're just going to give it to me. Obviously I'm going to take my home. So like, like Zach said, he's the, he's the guy that's got the MVP quite possibly too, by in the season, he's got a Super Bowl ring and a Super Bowl MVP. So it's obviously the more, more expensive and more valuable card. But uh, I really want to say Joe Burrow, just guy I like Joe Burrow. And I think that if he wins a Super Bowl, the card's going to jump drastically, even though it already is expensive, it's going to jump that much more. It's going to put him into that you know, Patrick Mahomes level of, of elite quarterback in a sense. So I, I literally took two answers you guys gave and just amalgamated into one of like, I'd be happy with either one. But I think the easy answer for me is pure value is obviously the Mahomes, but I just would not pay for a Mahomes 10 because I just couldn't afford it. Simple, yeah. simple math, really. No, no way I could buy one right now, even a Joe Burrow 10 right now. I, I've been looking because I'm like, I kind of want to get one before he, he does win a Super Bowl. And you're looking at minimum like $400 to buy a Joe Burrow PSA 10, I think. Oh, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. But uh, on the other end of the spectrum, um, if you are a believer in Jalen Hurts's future and career and thinking that he's going to have a great career ahead of him for the rest of his career, you can get a pretty cheap PSA 10 uh, Jalen Hurts. I just uh, bought one off eBay for $120. Um, and it wasn't even a bid auction. It was just $120. And there's ones that were cheaper. I just bought the one that I liked the most. But, yeah. Well, that was a good question, Armin. I, you know what? Speaking of cards, I pulled my first honeycomb. I think I sent you a picture of it there. It's pretty – I mean, it's it's Deontay Johnson, which is – I mean, if you're, a, if you're a Pittsburgh fan, it's then it's obviously worth quite a bit. But – if it was like a good rookie, that card was worth substantial. Like I got the Storm Chaser of uh, Trevor Lawrence rookie card. That's a that's a pretty sweet pull. I, I didn't pull that one myself. I, I bought that one. But it's Honeycomb. I'm I'm trying them on the, you know the Facebook groups and trying to trade it for a Lions card because <laughs> I mean it's still a sweet card for a guy that's been uh, a, a, an above average wide receiver. He had a really good fantasy year two years ago last year. Um, he had really good yardage, good receptions. Just zero touchdowns on the entire season which is unbelievable but um well maybe transition away from football cards and back into the fantasy football because i'm sure armin and i could uh dominate this conversation for well over an hour talking cards but uh <laughs> getting into let's get a little insiders and headliners this will be a short one two big ones or one really big one and then i think one big one for probably going into next season so we'll we'll get those going I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. I'm Ron Burgundy. So the first one and the big one that impacts us this week and quite possibly for the remainder of the season is obviously the uh, Patrick Mahomes injury and the high ankle sprain. And if you watch that game, First of all, Jacksonville blew that. They had so many opportunities to continuously shot themselves in the foot to try and uh, upset that game. But uh, Patrick Mahomes got rolled up on uh, and suffered a high ankle sprain. He was hobbling around. Uh, he tried to literally get from under center into all, a stretch handoff for, um, like I think it was Pacheco, and he was hopping on one foot to try and get to the outside. And it was one of the most uncomfortable things to watch just because you, you know how much pain he was in um they're just saying all all guns blaze and he's playing he's going to be good to go this one i mean i i'm a betting man so i can't say if i was a betting man i've already put money on cincinnati 
I put Cincinnati on them when they're plus 100 odds, meaning that they're the underdogs. If you go to the betting lines now, Cincinnati is now the favorite at minus 125. So if you look at the betting odds, I think they are making the assumption that Mahomes doesn't play, or if he does, he is going to be significantly less effective than he has been in the years past, even the weeks past. Um, even if he's a pocket passer, he's still Patrick Mahomes, he's still unreal, but it's that mobility that makes him, uh, you know, a very scary quarterback. Uh, but I, I don't know, maybe I stand alone on this and I'm curious to see what you guys think, but I don't think Patrick Mahomes plays in this game. Um, I know Armin with you, with your Huskies background and training, you could probably attest to this. If you get a high ankle sprain, you see lots of guys that may be able to finish that game off of either adrenaline or it's already in that compression wrap uh, from wrapped up ankles or whatever. But then once you take that compression off and once you give that time to start healing, it balloons up and it becomes incredibly difficult to bounce back. Like the estimated timeline for high ankle sprains, like six weeks. So I, I personally don't think he plays, but maybe I'm alone on that one. But hey, let's go to you, Armin, there with your uh, Huskies background. It, it takes a lot and like for him to come back and play the, or to play this weekend. Um, it would be a pretty intense tape job on it. Um, and he would be limited to being a pocket passer. Like his mobility would be completely off. Like you'd almost be thinking like he'd have to do shotgun um, the whole time, nothing under center, nothing where he has to like run back to do the handoff or anything. Like it's pretty much would almost be like playing on one leg for him. If And that, that ankle tape job would pretty much be a cast um, if he was to play this week. So um it's wild. I I could still see him making it and and trying, um, but uh, he, he's going to be severely limited, and it's going to be tough. Uh, I think I saw a funny observation though, or um, thing off. Uh, I was watching Colin Cowherd, and he had uh, Nick Wright on, and Nick Wright was uh, saying his rankings for the AFC quarterbacks goes: Patrick Mahomes number one, Joe Burrow number two. And now after this weekend, Patrick Mahomes on one leg, number three. <laughs> he, <laughs> so, still, he still looked effective, even though he wasn't able to move. But I mean, I think that like, part of that was Jackson will shoot himself in the foot. But yeah, and that and that's the thing with Mahomes is like there they goes down so far. And like if this was regular season, yeah, he's probably not playing it with this being playoffs. He might he might risk it Um, in the end. It, it is end up ends up being his decision and and if he wants to risk it and, and try and go for it he 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 can he's an adult right and um hopefully he just doesn't make it worse what do you think zach you think he plays or or, or am i alone on that sentiment uh from what i read uh today over lunch is that he was practicing today so uh if that's any indication then i think that's a good sign for him and his availability uh, this weekend, um, I'd imagine that they're going to give him an honest shot pregame. If there's any doubt, uh, probably load him up with enough Torida Toridol to kill a horse, uh, the popular painkiller they use, um, and then see how it goes from there. Um, I would hope that they're not going to put the team in any danger, or or him obviously in any danger. Uh, trying to get him out there and not put uh, Chad Henney out, in, out there, but I would imagine that he'll he'll be out there come uh, come game time. No, this is escaping my brain. Is it? It was his right ankle, right? 
I'm trying yeah, to remember. The, so. I'm trying to remember the actual the highlights of the play where he got injured, and uh, this might be a total mute point, but even if it is his right foot, like that's your drive foot, like you're not gonna be able to get that ball deep downfield to stretch that field and stretch the defense. Like we go, I mean, we can all say what we want to say about Eli Apple. <laughs> We've gone on record and we went after him pretty good last year, but to be able to take that deep shot, like that's his drive foot, that's his power foot. So this might be a mute point if it was his left foot, but um, like that's gonna limit the offense. It's gonna be that. Check down a lot of crossers. Well, we saw what Kelsey Kelsey did uh, last week, and it was it was uh, pretty pretty vintage Travis Kelsey. And I think you're gonna have to rely on a lot of that because that deep downfield is, is just not gonna be there. But once again, that just might be my own observation, my own thought process. But I, I think with Patrick Mahomes, though, like you've seen him do some pretty wild throws. I think he has the arm strength without hit a full drive of his leg to still take a decently deep shot, like better than some of the like lower end QBs in the league. So kind of the same, same thing. Like his, his one leg deep shot is probably just as strong and accurate as like a guy who's not really a deep ball thrower. Right. Um, Yeah. yeah, So like his arms going to be sore after this game, like this is probably going to be the source his arms is going to be, because he's going to have to rely on that instead of his legs to throw. But yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. It's him and him and Josh Allen. It's like a flick of the wrist. I can just get that ball wherever they want to get it. Um, the second injury here, and our last one we're going to talk about here, is uh, this is an unfortunate one because this is a guy that, based on the production he had last year, this past season, and even the years prior to where he was in a committee, uh, he showed pretty well. And obviously he was a name that was thrown around lost in draft season. And he finished as a top 10 running back this season. That's Tony Pollard. And in that game, he fractured his left tibia, uh, required surgery to get it repaired. Now he's going into a free agent period. And it's an interesting conversation on, is this a good thing for him, a bad thing for him? Obviously, he's not going to get the big money that he was going to get before. But for fantasy, is he going to get franchise tag? There's a conversation he's going to franchise tag before the injury, before the game even happened. And he goes down to this injury. Now, it's going to be difficult for him to you know go after some suitors a little bit more because the the team might not be willing to throw out as much money after this after this injury. Now it's not like a reconstruction on the knee where it's going to take this drastic return, but obviously this is still a major injury. But um, Tony Pollard, uh, maybe we'll keep this one short and sweet here. Do you think he? Uh, do you think he returns to be a cowboy, or do you think he goes somewhere else in free agency? Start with Zach on this one. I, in order to bring him in, I think they'd have to uh, get really creative there with the salary cap. Um, in order to possibly get rid of Zeke. So for that reason, I'm going to say that he is somewhere else come uh, come March. And then Armand, what about yourself? Yeah, you got to feel that he, he goes somewhere else now with that that fracture and maybe teams being a little bit worried about, about his health and his explosiveness after that injury. Um, even though a fibula, they get broken all the time, but... Um, there could be some concerns there. He might not be able to quite get the bag that he was hoping for, and maybe it ends up making him cheap enough for the Cowboys to keep him. That's the, that's the only way I think they do retain him. I think yeah. it's going to cost him too much in the long run, and it might be more a viable option for them to try and replace him with a with a draft pick or something like that, you know, like a day day two or a day three. Uh, I know Zeke's getting older. He did talk about re- reconstructing his contract a little bit if they need, but um, there's cheaper options or, or, you know, maybe get somebody – on a prove it one year deal um, on a younger running back to you coming off of their rookie contract. There's, there's other options. I know they do like Pollard, but like Zach mentioned, they don't have the pockets to, to make that happen. I don't think. 
Um, continuing on here, we'll go into our last part of our weekly recap, and that's our studs of the week. And uh, I know we talked about Travis Kelsey a little bit already, so we might as well just keep this one going, and we'll we'll go to Zach's stud of the week. Yeah, uh, Travis Kelsey, uh, 14 receptions, just shy of 100 yards receiving, and two touchdowns through the air. Uh, it was his first touchdown since week uh, week 13. Um, so it was a long time coming and, uh, boy, did it ever pay off for him and for anybody that had him in any type of, uh, daily fantasy draft where he was the number one or number two scorer in most formats. So big day for Kelsey. I think he started on the first drive was like six receptions and a touchdown. It was our group chat. I was like, well, that was a mistake. <laughs> Probably should have put him in the lineup, but yeah, he had himself a week. Uh, Armand, how about uh, how about your stud of the week? All right. My stud of the week is a guy that I liked coming out of the draft, and it's just taken a little bit for him to like be able to be consistently used in this offense. But we've se- been seeing a trend where he's been getting used more and more, and he's been showing that he, he deserves to get, get more touches in the Philly offense here, and that's running back Kenneth Gainwell. And what's impressive about his, his week is – he looks like a receiving stat line when you look at his rushing stat line. 12 receptions for 112 yards and a touchdown. Like, that is some great efficiency there on the ground. Um, and then he had one catch for nine yards. So, um, And it wasn't just he was getting touches after after Philly had, like, locked up the game. He was getting touches throughout the entirety of the game. So um, great to see this running back finally starting to to show what he's he's worth and he might be a good dynasty investment uh, in the off season here. His name was getting buzzed around too with the Miles Sanders drama that was leading up to the season that, you know, he was a guy to go after possibly because could be the guy. And I, I agree with you, Armin, that might be a little sneaky, sneaky pickup here for, for some dynasty managers. Um, my side of the week, I ended up going with Joe Mixon. Uh, this is a name that we haven't talked about too much in the pod. I had the one monster week where he had, on a, a plethora of touchdowns and single-handedly one fantasy managers the week. He's kind of a, an enigma in that offense as they've been throwing the ball a lot more than they've been running it. But uh, they dominated that game start to finish against Buffalo in all aspects of the game. And what, what really separated them was Buffalo was very one-dimensional. They had to throw the football uh, and Cincinnati knew what they were getting themselves into where that, uh, that offense for, uh, for Cincinnati really operates around Joe Burrow and obviously those wide receivers. But they got Joe Mixon involved early and often, and he was very efficient. He had 20 carries for 105 yards and one touchdown. And then he also had uh, two receptions for 18 yards, so just a nice little sprinkle in there as well, too. Uh, he's lost a lot of those receptions to Pirine uh, over the back half of the season. But Joe Mixon had a very, very great game. And maybe for fantasy, I mean, for even for fantasy, 105 and one, that's a great week. But he was very, very important to that offense and the success of the Cincinnati Bengals playing the Buffalo Bills because it, it opened up the offense. They couldn't just try and isolate Tyler Boyd or Jamar Chase or T. Higgins. They had to try, they had to play true to the run as well. And it opened up all those other options. And, and like I said, Cincinnati just dominated that game start to finish. And I think a lot of that was on the shoulders of Joe Mixon. It was, uh, the weather itself wasn't great, but Joel Mixon still, uh, you know, had a, had a fantastic game. So I'm very curious to see what he's able to do against the uh, Kansas City Chiefs defense. Obviously, they're one of the worst defenses for passing quarterbacks. Like, I mean, like points given to the passing quarterbacks. 
Uh, so Joe Mixon's involvement is going to be a little bit interesting. And I don't know if it'll repeat itself, but I imagine they'll probably try and do this balanced offense uh, as they had a lot of success against the Buffalo Bills. Um, now going into our playoff pickums, and now it's getting thin. We have our AFC Championship and our NFC Championship. Uh, but before we get to that, uh, I just want to say a big thank you to, once again to 22 Fresh, our major sponsor of the 2022-2023 NFL season. Uh, we're coming down to the wire here with, you know, the season is going to be ending in, in three short weeks, or I guess two and a half short weeks. And just want to say a big thank you to them. We have a, an, an unbelievable amount of great prizes for our Super Bowl watch party. Uh, they sponsored all of our uh, charity events throughout the season. Uh, obviously, our, us, we've been able to wear the, wear the apparel, promote the apparel. Uh, my wife even bought some of the, the apparel, and it just arrived on the doorstep today. So she's super pumped. She's already wearing her sweat joggers around. So uh, it's a great company, and obviously, they're supporting us. And, and you at home listening, you get to be, uh, be a part of that promotion as well, too, using 306-FFB15 promo code on checkout so thank you very much 22 fresh for the major sponsor of the year we still have a few weeks left of that promo code and the availability so make sure you jump on that if you're looking to get some 22 fresh gear uh, if not hopefully uh, we'll see you at the super bowl watch party and get your hands on some of that gear as well too um going into our super bowl picks we go to the afc first uh zach we'll start uh, start with you cincinnati or kansas city <laughs> I see this was a popular pick amongst the three of us. Uh, I'm going with Cincy. Um, I watched that game and I was in awe at how easily they moved the ball against Buffalo. And then you factor that in with the the question marks around Mahomes and KC. Uh, that made this a pretty easy decision for me. I took can or I sorry I took Cincinnati to upset the uh, Chiefs. And then Armin, you just gonna thumbs up this, or you got something to contribute to this one? Pretty close. It, you know, before the Mahomes injury, this one's kind of a toss up. I was leaning Cincinnati, anyways. Mahomes injury just took it to for sure Cincinnati. Not even a lean to Cincinnati. Yep, uh, you hit the nail on the head for me, Armin. Too. I was already leaning that direction, which I think it would have been a little bit more of a gutsy pick in taking them before the injury. But you, uh, I'll, I'll take your explanation. To the bank there and i'm right there with you um now we got another one here uh we've got uh we got zach we'll discontinue with you there uh, we got philadelphia the one seed take on san francisco the two seed um and this one I, I haven't checked the money line out yet but i believe philadelphia is a favorite at minus 125 i gotta double check that uh you want philadelphia you're going san francisco here i am going philadelphia um Having watched just a little bit of their game on Saturday, very impressed with uh, Philly uh, and their overall team offense and defense. And there's been not rumors, but there's been reports of a few players in San Fran dealing with some lingering injuries, uh, mainly CMC and Samuel. So you're going to take the presum presumably healthier team in Philly. Yeah, I'm always interested in how those injuries are going to work out, especially down the stretch here. Like, if you win this game, you get, I guess, as close to two weeks as possible, <laughs> almost two weeks on the nose off. Uh, so those, it's interesting to see. I mean, you, if you lose your season's over, so what are you what are you saving them for? But if a guy's that banged up and they're not going to be effective to you, I imagine you're obviously talking the big one in the elephant room would probably be like CMC. He's uh, been dealing with a couple of things as he does the past handful of seasons. But like if 
if you put them on the shelf and you lose, like, what are you, what are you resting for? I guess. So it's always interesting to see you put go balls to the wall, but then me might lose them for, for the Super Bowl. But if you don't make it, you don't make it. So I'm interested to see once those injury reports come out, usually get the final report on the Friday. Um, I imagine all systems are going to be a go, but what that, what that kind of handling looks like, if it's going to be a committee back and, or if you're going to see some guys pulled up to the, to the, to the starting lineup, I guess, to, you know, we'll see, see what happens. It's always, always interesting, but uh, Armand, are you going with Zach again on this one, or are you going a little bit of contrarian? I'm diverging from Zach now. I'm picking San Fran still. I had him from the beginning. Um, that roster is just so deep, and it's always kind of the next man up. So, um, like, there's big names that, yeah, if they don't play, it's it's tough to replace them. But you got so many weapons, McCaffrey, Kittle, Ayuk, Mitchell, um Debo right like it's just um so many weapons on offense that even if like one guy isn't there that's one of their studs they're still gonna have a a lot of weapons on offense and not to mention like Juwan Jennings when called upon has been able to to do do something and a few of the other guys as well so um I'm I'm going with the the deep team that just is is deep and just a good good football team in San Fran. I just want you to remember that name you just said, Armand, in the next section here when I start talking about my team. I just want you to just remember exactly what you just said there. But uh, I'm going to split the I'm going to split the uh, the tiebreaker here and I'm going with San Francisco as well, Armand. Um, this is a fun one for me because all my brackets I had Cincinnati over San Francisco. So I'm cheering obviously for that to hit. Uh, we'll also make a prediction on the pod too. But uh, I also have a few little wagers out there and, and a fun little story. There's a group of four of us that do uh, the pools picks every week. And we got to pick the upsets and you got to pick the perfect, perfect week. And, you know, it's the, well, there's SAS pools and you can win a lot of money. Anyway, regardless, there's an odd number of weeks. And uh, myself and the one guy bought the extra week. So then we had $160 left over that wasn't spent. So I was like, well, what are we going to do with it? Are we just going to pay it back to the guys that, paid for the extra ticket or are we going to you know reinvest it and and this was before the division week had started we said you know what let's try and put it on a super bowl winner so we were trying to decide who we we're going to bet on we couldn't decide between handfuls of teams so we said well why don't we just pick set the parlay pick on who's going to be in the super bowl and you get the nice little parlay uh two two leg booster for picking two teams and we decided that we we're going to sit settle on cincinnati versus san francisco and uh, if that parlay hits after putting 160 down, we'll cash out $2,600. So, so we got a, got a nice little investment in there. So I'm going to be cheering for that San Francisco, Cincinnati might be having to get us four together and sweat that one out. But, um, and then if we win, I think we're just going to have to keep half and reinvest their half and just keep good times rolling. But uh, so I'm going Cincinnati versus San Francisco, same as Armand uh, and Zach is going Cincinnati versus Philadelphia. But with that being said, I'm, I'm curious in your guys' take on this, but like I personally think that San Francisco and Philadelphia game is going to be a low scoring football game. I don't know. I just have a, I just have a hunch with how good San Francisco's defense is, how good Philadelphia's defense is. Uh, I think they're going to be going toe to toe a little bit and it just might be a little bit of a low scoring game that we've seen in the past. And then now with Mahomes being injured, I just think this might be a little bit like, I still think it's going to be entertaining, but I think it's going to be a lower scoring weekend than uh, that we've been seeing throughout the the NFL playoffs this week, but are you guys, do you guys, do you guys think it's going to be a little high scoring or do you think, are you kind of going on the same, same trend as I am? 
I think uh, Cincinnati KC is still going to be high scoring and Philly San Fran. I agree. I, I was kind of getting that feeling as I was making my DFS lineup there that it's going to be a low scoring game. And uh, you'll, we'll find out as we do this here that my lineup kind of reflects that. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about how Zach's lineup reflected something. All right. But Zach, what do you, uh, what do you think? The high scoring, low scoring, somewhere down the middle? I certainly hope not. Um, I'm hoping for fireworks. Um, I think this uh, there's a chance that the San Fran Philly game might be the best football that we see, uh, not only this upcoming week but uh, all playoffs. Uh, I think both these teams are are two of the best in the league, provided everybody's healthy. So hopefully we see a great game, and for me, a great game of football includes a lot of scoring. Yeah, I agree with you. I still think it's going to be a fun football game, but I do agree with you. More more touchdowns is just more excitement. So um, going into our DFS round three here, we're going to championship weekend. Uh, last weekend, uh, that was a roller coaster for Zach. He was all in, <laughs> all in on the New York Giants. And he was like, yeah, well, that sucked. I, there's no chance. And somehow Zach, with two players remaining, absolutely goes dynamite on the Sunday Sunday evening game and squeaks out. Well, I'm not even say squeaks out. Like he, he beat pretty handily. I think it was by about 10 or 15 points. Um, myself and Armin, we were a little bit closer. But Zach took the first place with his investment in the New York Jets. Or New York Jets, <laughs> or I don't know how that happened. Uh, I came in second and then Armin in third. So currently Zach is in first place with three points. Armin has two points and I have one point. Uh, we have two sets of this remaining, uh, championship and then also Super Bowl. Uh, so I'm still in last place, kind of no, no different than last week, but uh, we'll, we'll announce our lineups and you're going to notice there's a lot of similar little continuity as we have less teams remaining, but there's a, it's, it's interesting to see how we kind of laid our teams out with, you know, the amount of dollars and still having some of the same players. So we'll start with Armin at the uh, QB position. Who are you, uh, who are you taking and for how many dollars? All right, so it came down to to three names because there's the chance Garoppolo could actually play, even though we've been talking pretty all all podcast, right? So, um, Jalen Hurts, Joe Joe Burrow, or uh, or good old uh, Patrick Mahomes there, and I took the cheaper of the three, and also with Mahomes potentially with that injury, um the the bit safer as well so joey burrow at eighty three hundred dollars uh zach where'd you go yeah uh daniel jones wasn't available so <laughs> i had to go with the next best option and i also went with uh burrow it, could you imagine if you took jimmy garoppolo like and jimmy garoppolo <laughs> was more expensive than brock purdy i think they're maybe the exact same amount but yeah you got to be have a set of stones to be going with Garoppolo first week back. But yeah, I went all the same as you guys. I went Joe Burrow. Um, I was pleasantly surprised to see how much cheaper he was than the other two options. So this kind of seemed like the the easy pick of the week. But uh, going into a running backs, Armand uh, started up. Who is your two running back? Holy man, you spent big on the RB position. Yeah, I ended up, uh, this is where I spent my money this week. And uh, I don't know why necessarily it's just the way the things fell I, I ended up doing my wide receivers first um so I have CMC at nine thousand dollars and Joe Mixon at eighty one hundred dollars 
Um, I'm as we go through, you'll see I'm going pretty hard in the paint for Cincinnati and KC. Like I said, I think that'll be the higher scoring of the two games. Um, but uh, I, I wanted a little bit of that CMC action because if Garoppolo's back and playing against a Philly defense, that's pretty tough. I'm expecting a lot more of those short check down throws and a lot more run game um, than deep shots that we've kind of seen from San Fran the last few weeks um, because they're playing uh, one of the tougher defenses that they've played in the last little while here. So I'm thinking um, CMC is going to be getting a lot of touches if uh, if it goes that way. Then, uh, Zach, you went a little bit different here. This is where the rubber meets the road. We all went same for the Q, and our RBs are a little bit on the different side. So where did you go uh, at your running back position? After investing pretty heavily in that position uh, last week, I went with a slightly different approach, and I went with uh, kind of two uh, mid to slightly above mid price players with uh, Pacheco for 63 and Sanders for 62. Um, last weekend was the first time I ever watched a full KC game this season. And I was very impressed, uh, by Pacheco, uh, how strong he ran between the tackles and as well as how fast he was when he did bounce it outside. Uh, so I thought that was really promising at that value. And then Sanders uh, in Philly. I think Philly had that game in the bag uh, pretty pretty early despite uh, the Giants uh, trying their best to sewer my DFS. So I think they may have taken it easy on Sanders and tried to keep him healthy. So, And when he was on the field, he was quite effective. So hopefully uh, a full game is just more effective and more points for me. Now, coming back to your Pacheco, um, that was the best he's looked all year. And I think a lot of the pressure came on to the, the offensive line and the run game to step it up because we haven't seen that run game be that successful all season. But just with mo the mobility of Mahomes being in question and obviously pretty irrelevant and just the whole offense, what are we going to see kind of thing. They um, they ran them, especially when Henny was or Henny or Heine or however the hell you pronounce his name. Uh, when he was in, man, he, that was the best I've seen Pacheco run all year. That was uh, that was actually a lot of fun to watch. So I'm glad you kind of mentioned that, Zach. Um, I went to the same as Armin with McCaffrey at uh, 9,000. It was just one of those ones where the running back position was, I wasn't super happy with some of the options, especially the middle tier options. So I thought, you know what, I'll just go where if the, the game's on the line, who's getting the ball. And I know he is battling the injury right now. So it's, it is a little risky, but once again, it came on the question of games line, who's getting the ball. And to me, that's Christian McCaffrey getting done the run game, getting done the pass game. Uh, so I went with McCaffrey, 9,000. And then I spent a lot of money on upper tier wide receivers. So it was left over with who am I going to fill the gaps with? And after the huge production of Kenneth Gainwell uh, at 5,400, uh, it was one of those ones where maybe, you know, there's something going on with Sanders. Uh, maybe Ken Gainwell is earning the more trust, kind of like Armin had talked about. And maybe he's going to continue carrying the load a little bit. Uh, it's not with a lot of optimism. I'm hoping for a touchdown on this one, especially at only 5,400. Uh, just because I saw a stat and I was trying to search it up all all day here or all the entire time I've been on the computer. Um, so I saw it on Twitter and I was trying to confirm it. It said something along the lines that San Francisco hasn't given up a 100 rushing yard game since like October of 2021. So I don't know if that's true. I've been trying to pull it up and find all the stats and I've been having a hard time confirming it. But 
based on the points per game metric, it's looking like it's pretty accurate. Uh, and obviously we've seen how good that San Francisco defense has been not only the entire season, but down the stretch here. So I don't have a whole lot of optimism, but at 5,400, I mean, I'm, I'm just hoping for either, uh, you know, a big carry or, or hopefully a major of some sort. Uh, going into the wide receiver position, Armand, uh, who do you have for your three wide receivers? Yeah, so my wide receivers, um, because I spent all that money on the RBs, um, and it was kind of, I felt like, like you were saying, it was the only options really that I felt comfortable with playing um, and there being more options at the wide receiver. Um, these are guys with a little bit higher upside, but they're not necessarily going to be hitting. But stayed with KC and Cincinnati matchup here. I went T. Higgins for 6,700, Kadarius Tony for 5,600, and Tyler Boyd for 5,300. Um, Higgins and Boyd, Glad to have the stack with Burrow there. I uh, wish I could have had Chase instead of one of them, right? Chase and one of the other guys. But um, because of the money spent at the RB, had to switch Chase out for, for Boyd instead. So, um, But then Kadarius Tony, I'm, I'm going with him because um, San Fran, or not San Fran, sorry, KC, having that hobbled up Patrick Mahomes, you got to imagine they're going to try and do a little bit more gimmicky stuff. And that's where they've been kind of using Tony a little bit more is in the gimmicky plays and uh, the more uh, designed to trying to get into the playmaker's hands. And so I, I feel like he's going to be game planned into this game a little bit more um, just because of that Patrick Mahomes injury. That's almost the exact with take out the injury. That's almost the same thing I said about, uh, using him last week and it all that swell for me but uh best of luck to you there Armin on the uh on the Tony pick at um, least I got the injury to to back me up here persuade a little bit Zach uh who's your three wide receivers this week so the savings I was able to make at the RB position I invested into the receiver position um similar thought process there with what Armin said um but I went with Chase at 86, um, seeing what he did last week against the Bills. I am very excited to see him hopefully repeat uh, a similar stat line. Um, and then Devonta Smith, uh, who has looked like the wide receiver one, despite A.J. Brown being there in Philadelphia at 7,700. And then Debo Samuel at 7,000. Um, as my wide receiver three, uh, I think that's quite a good value, but with the uncertainty uh, surrounding his injury, I will reserve the right to change that to possibly Brandon Ayuk uh, come later this week if Samuel continues to miss practice. Yeah, there might be a lot of movement here. If, if Samuel misses, CMC misses, there might be a lot of movement in our lineups. They might not even look the same, but... Um... I went with a uh, very similar as Zach here actually too, with just the same thing that, you know, I couldn't go well, my third wide receiver, I couldn't go as big of a splash as he did with Samuel just because I spent up a little bit with McCaffrey there, but I also went ch uh, with Chase to complete the stack with Burrow. I also took Devonta Smith just with, you know, I think he's been having a, a very, very good postseason and a, and a really good 2022 campaign. And then I also took Tyler Boyd. Same as kind of what Armin mentioned. I want a lot to, I want a lot of Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati is going to win. So I kind of was trying to get as many pieces as I could there. Uh, so I ended up going with Tyler Boyd and Chase to complete the Burrow stack. So 
I've been burnt by Higgins the last two weeks, putting him in my lineup. So <laughs> I think it's time I pivoted to to Chase and who's matchup proof seemingly the last couple weeks. So just uh, watch. This is uh, now that Chase has had a few big weeks. They're gonna key in on him, and it's gonna be the Higgins and Boyd show. Boyd showed this weekend. That would pretty much sum up my luck. So I'm, I'm <laughs> going against that one. Uh, tight end position there, Armin. Who'd you uh, who'd you pick up? All right, I went with uh, George Kittle at sixty eight hundred dollars. Um, like I said, when with my CMC pick here. It's going to be the shorter stuff, the underneath routes, and then Kittle maybe leaking out a little bit that uh, is going to be open for San Fran against this Philly defense. They're not going to let San Fran go deep. They're going to going to make them beat them slowly. So, um, yeah, George Kittle, 6,800. Zach, uh, nice little bargain hunter there for you. Who'd you pick up at your tight end position? Went back to the Hayden Hurst well. Uh, tight end for Cincinnati at 5,400. Uh, I had him in two weeks ago when he did Jack Diddley for me. Um, and then this past week, he had a pretty big game with a score. So going to go back to him uh, with the money that I spent uh, at receiver, really had to pinch pennies. And I found some savings there at tight end. And it also correlates well with my quarterback. So Hopefully, if the touchdowns don't go to Chase, it goes to either Hayden Hurst or Trenton Irvin, who nobody yep. has. So ben fingers crossed. He was uh, he was a bargain too at like thirty eight hundred or four thousand or something. I was like, you know what? Maybe I just go really crazy and throw him in there because he was on the on the field quite a bit. But um, I just I didn't have the balls of steel to do it. Uh, I went with Armin too. I went uh, with Kittle at sixty eight hundred. I really, I really contemplated about getting Kelsey in the, in there, but it was just that much more expensive and it, and it really hindered the rest of my team, which I was actually really enjoying putting together. So I went George Kittle. He had a big game and that connection with Brock Purdy is just continually evolving and uh, Kittle had himself a really nice week. And obviously I have San Francisco winning this one. So I wanted to get a handful of pieces of the San Francisco offense, the two main contributors to the San Francisco offense has been George Kittle and Christian McCaffrey the last handful of bit, uh, especially with, you know, the Debo Samuel injury. I was a little bit hesitant to see them going there. So, you know, I thought George Kittle is a nice little addition, uh, especially when you don't have a lot of options on four teams for picking a tight end. Uh, going to the flex position there, Armin, you're double dipping, going back to back, eh? Yeah. So, uh, he didn't, he, he let me down last week, but, uh, you know, figure, give him another shot here. I'm i I'm a sucker for pain and I'm going Juju Smith Schuster here. Um, same idea with Tony. Um, he's more the gadget guy, the short route guy. That's where Juju thrives. Um, and with Mahomes injured, thinking they're going to be trying to get the ball out of his hands quick and Smith Schuster should be benefiting from that as well. And not just Tony. So uh, kind of going with that. Um, and I didn't have the ability to spend on Kelsey as well. So this flex spot um, almost ended up being Blake Bell though. Um, when I had chase in my lineup, I was like, Oh, do I do it and keep chase? And I was like, nah, I can't do that. Yeah, that's that's a risk. I almost put Justin Watts in my lineup. That's how that's how <laughs> as far as I was. Um, Zach, who'd you put in as your flex position? Uh, my flex is Kadarius Tony, uh, who Armand talked about a few minutes ago. Uh, this last week was the most targets Tony has had all season, 
and it was tied for the most receptions that he's had all season. So hopefully that's a, a, a good sign of things to come for him and his spot in that offense. So Canarius Tony, 5,600. Let's all let's rewind the tape about uh, seven minutes ago when Armin started talking about why he thinks San Francisco can win because next man up and he talked about John Jennings. That's always comes up big in the big <laughs> moments and, and for 4,900, it's a shot in the dark. And, you know, I was going to a guy that we've seen make that, that big play in the big moment before. Cause like I mentioned, I could have went Justin Watson and that would have been just as scary. But I thought John Jennings with all the injuries and we've seen him, step up in in moments i mean 59 at 4900 sorry it's a complete dark dark throw in it it's a it's a hope and a prayer but uh like i said i wanted to go into the teams i think are going to win cincinnati san francisco and a large portion of my team is dominated by those specific players so going with Juwan jennings 4900 now uh last but not least the defensive positions and this was all separated by i think a total of 600 dollars. i think philadelphia was the most expensive at 46 and then Cincinnati, the least expensive at four thousand, and that's probably one of the closer, closer ones I've seen uh, from the defenses. Um, so I was a little bit interested in the sense where it, it opened up some flexibility on your defense. That were in the past, I think we had uh, Zach took the cheapest of the Giants, and then there was the real expensive weaker the the Bills, and it was a drastic difference. But the last position for our teams here, we have our DSTs, uh, and Armin, who did you throw in your lineup? All right. I went with the game that I said from the beginning, I think is going to be more of a defensive battle. And I picked the team that I think is going to win. So 49ers, $4,100. Zach, uh, who'd you take here for your DST? I took the Philly Eagles at 46. I believe they were the number one uh, defense as far as price is concerned. Um, And I'm just hoping that with the injuries, and maybe finally uh, Brock Purdy kind of turns back into that pumpkin that a lot of people have been speculating about. Never going to uh, happen. <laughs> he's <laughs> never losing a game, yeah, ever. He's going to be perfect. Um, but, yeah, hoping that the, the rookie quarterback struggles a little bit. So, took Philly. And uh, I took another different team. So, unlike our quarterbacks, we have complete differing teams. Uh, I didn't have a single dollar left to spend, so I had to go bargain hunting, and I had $4,000 of the Bengals. I, I was really considering taking the 49ers at 4100 even for $100 extra, and I didn't even have $100 to, to throw in there. So, um, like I said, I have a, a feeling that Mahomes doesn't play. If he doesn't play, I think this is a really sneaky start with the Bengals as the cheapest option. Even if he does play, who knows what the availability is going to look like, what the packages are going to look like. Is it going to be that high-flying offense? In you know, if, if this was the regular Mahomes offense and you were starting the Bengals defense, uh, that would have been a really, really, really big mistake, I think. But Cincinnati has played well in the last couple of weeks here. They shut down the Josh Allen Bills and looked really good doing so. Uh, now, if Mahomes doesn't play or even a, you know, a percentage of what Mahomes could be, I think it's – it's worth the gamble. That way I didn't have to alter any other aspect of my lineup. But this is uh, going to be a big one because uh, if Zach wins this one, I think we are completely out of range. If not, it would have to be Armin gets second and then he has to win Super 1 regardless. So this is a big turning of the tides here. 
Uh, absolute best case Ontario here is uh, I get first, Armin gets second, and Zach gets last, and then it's a three-three-three tie going in the Super Bowl, which makes a lot of fun. But uh, we'll we'll see how this one works out. Uh, Zach pulled pulled one out of a, a rabbit out of a hat there after <laughs> half of his team and the Giants and still flexed on us by by smoking us. So we'll see what happens here as uh, our DST sets up in for our championship weekend. But uh, that pretty much is going to do her here for this episode. Is there anything you guys want to add into this, uh, add into the end here before we wrap everything up? Oh, yeah. everyone get uh, get ready for that Super Bowl party on February 12th. I'm excited for it. Uh, if you need to travel up, travel up. It's a great time. Uh, it was a lot of fun last year. One of my favorite memories is the halftime show, actually. Watching Jordan, watching it, he's like standing like inches in front of the tv just staring at it loving the oh man it was so the, awesome. the ice yeah was, just awesome it was so awesome i was selling 50 50s and i was had the bucket and the tickets in the in the bucket and i was walking around all of a sudden they, like the, the halftime show was like full sprint and i was armin said i was inches away from the tv just like this is the greatest thing i've ever seen like, it was unbelievable <laughs> and this you know it should be good was it rihanna this year like it should be pretty good yeah, she should it, be good. It'll never be beaten the Super Bowl halftime last year. Oh, last year's. Yeah, you can't beat last year's. It's all good. Okay. Well, thank you very much for listening to uh, the most recent episode, episode number 78 of the 306 Fantasy Football Podcast. Armin said it well. If you want some information about our Super Bowl party, come check it out or you know, hit us up on DMs. We'll be able to give you some information. If not, good luck on the DFSs. Good luck on the sports investing if you're getting in on that. And if uh, at the very least, enjoy some uh, some very good football on sunday afternoon and sunday evening so that'll do it for the 306 fantasy football podcast thank you very much for listening everybody take care and let's talk soon